Oh, look at this guy. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Hey, good, how are you? He's not getting that car in there. No, sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked car, is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty pants, all right? Look who's got Smart Pack. Smart Pack? Just hit the clicker, car packs itself. It's smart. It's wicked smart. And I can pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough. Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. You unpacked it? Kid. Game changer. That Sonata ain't got no driver. That's all right. He's got Smart Pack. Hey, you can pack there. He's got Smart Pack! Hey, whoa, whoa. It's Big Pop. Look at Smart. Kyle's in Boston, and this was the soundtrack from outside of his hotel this morning. We got a lot of transition to talk about today. That's the theme today. We're talking about a little bit of transition. Let's go. Everywhere I go, the people really want to know. I was using Smart Pac. Oh, that was good. I was using Smart Pac. You know, th- that was good because Kyle's Boston accent. Typically, I go, I go Australian, Australian, and then all of a sudden, I'm in an Australian accent. You know, it's cooking shrimp on the barbie in Boston. Oh boy, so many Boston. People, so many people getting offended right now. <laughs> It's just terrible. It's oh, bad. I shouldn't man. do accents. I shouldn't. I should it's okay. There's thing. only one Kyle Mountsteer <laughs> accent, and I don't know what that is, except for that you say data and I say data. But that's not a that's not a phenomenon. Today we are talking about all kinds of transition. That is the theme for today's show, and it's not that we just pulled it out of nowhere. We actually just pulled it out of the news this morning. Um, a lot of things are changing, and that is really the daily breakfast cereal of the retail automotive industry these days. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. Someone needs to, we're going to make a meme. It's going to be like daily breakfast cereal, yes. in, in, and then all the words are going to spell change in it, right? So whoever, all of our social media team is listening right now, and they're like, I got this. I'm, I'm in. But no, it, it really is. It's like, okay. What's the flavor of the new popsicle today that I get to eat? Because yesterday's was different than the days before. And we're it's almost like the new normal is change, which is really exciting for me because, you know, whether you're in the automotive industry or any other industry, you you're getting this capacity to look at change as opportunity every single day to shift, adjust, manage people differently, all of that. And um, and I think people are taking a new approach to change, not this like, Oh no, here it comes. Fear-based uh, mentality. Well, there's, there's courage that comes along with being around other people who also embrace change because mm. we know like the natural biological chemical reaction in the human body when something changes is actually fear, right? It's survival instinct. Absolutely. And so in order to counteract that and get over it, Right, you have to take some really substantial and intentional action to reorient and rewire your brain, and a lot of that is being around other people who you know make make accepting change normal, you know, and that's that's kind of what we do around here. It's kind of what we do. So yes, absolutely, yeah, and and that's 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 actually what the Asodo community is so built on, right? Back to the original live streams. Um, you know, when, when you think about what those meant, it was, how are we approaching this change? How are we yeah. engaging with our minds and our mentalities around how to, how to, uh, you know, perceive and tackle this pandemic mentality of business. And so it's really actually built on Gosh. that structure, which is really wild. And, um, and I think that even thinking about, you know, we've been having a lot of conversations around a Sodu and, uh, just what we're doing for the fall. 
that whole mentality is how do we approach collaboration, change it with new perspective, even now, even having gone through so many changes in the last couple of years, um, we want to build on that because there's new technology, there's new business processes, there's new disruptors, there's EVs, there's Web3 technology. Um, you can't rest on your laurels in, in, in this time. No, throw on top of that, the the socioeconomic changes, the political changes, right? The, right. the rules of the game changes, basically. I'm on top of that. And uh, bottom line, yo, we need each other, auto industry. Like, we need each other, troublemakers, real bad. Everybody's uh, like, you could end the show right there. I got something to do. End. But we right. got <laughs> stories to talk about this morning, y'all. Uh, we're going to start out um, with a session that Jim Farley, uh, CEO of Ford, spoke at uh, the Bernstein Strategic Decisions Conference. Um, we weren't invited to that one, I don't think. No. <laughs> There's so many things that we're not invited to, and that's one of them. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds far above my pay grade. And at the conference, Farley predicted, uh, reading from an Automotive News article, Farley predicted dealership groups, suppliers, EV startups, and traditional automakers could merge, fall out of market, or form new joint ventures as the transition to EVs changes the industry. So he's saying, like, we have a massive consolidation at the top. That's startups manufacturers, right? Parts suppliers. We have a major uh, consolidation coming. And he's saying that the smaller automakers just aren't going to be able to make it, he says, because they've just disproportionately invested money um, to the size of the market. So they've invested so much, he said, and that the future size of the market just doesn't doesn't justify the investment. Well, so. and you got to look at like their burn rates. I mean, R Rivian was dealing with it. It's like you're burning so much capital uh, as as opposed to the market demand and the, and the and the ability to deliver these vehicles at scales, like there's no built-in retail delivery network like uh, legacy OEMs have. I mean, Tesla has done the best at this, but it was a slow grow. And some of these newer manufacturers, they they're going to have to scale up a lot differently and a lot quicker in order to you know in, in order to overcome what the major OEMs now are 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 bleeding into. So I think this consolidation matrix OEMs recognizing that they have invested a lot of technology a lot into the technology these smaller uh, manufacturers and and bringing along that technology in, in a consolidation perspective may actually be the best case scenario. You mm. know you you know you see um you it was mentioned like rib. Ford having pulled out of Rivian, uh, you know, you wonder if if they would have just said, hey, look, we're just going to take that technology. We're going to build on the work that you've done and actually take that platform to the next level. There might have been more, um, uh, you know, stickiness to Rivian from a market oh, perspective. Sure. I think for sure. You know, Farley, Farley said uh, he predicts more mergers than partnerships. He says mm. partnerships are, quote, very hard. Uh, you know, uh, Ford has a current joint venture with VW that he didn't talk about, but obviously, like you just mentioned, Kyle, they pulled out of the Rivian partnership as well as a potential partnership with uh, Mahindra. And so, um, you know what, what well, they say, he, Kyle? You know what? You know what's interesting <laughs> is like he said partnerships are hard. And we were at Digital Dealer and we had a whole session on partnerships. Yep. And as, even as the retail automotive industry and our scale is a lot different, you know, dealer to industry partner than OEM to OEM, but it is not easy. It's not easy to have a partnership that, that practices humility in both the technology or the plot or, or the hardware that you're utilizing or the people management strategy partnerships are hard work. 
And for, for, for us, it, it, it's worth the work. The, the work that dealers and industry partners have the capacity to show a, a, an extreme level of collaboration um, is worth the work in our opinion because it is the unique selling proposition of the retail automotive industry as compared to uh, what OEMs, especially new EV automakers, have the capacity to do. And all it, their vertical it, integrations. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And so without a doubt, right, like you can look at it as a liability in retail auto. We look at the, the partnership nature and the growing open-handedness between industry partners developing technology and dealer groups trying to, to do something. There is a growing collaboration and a spirit of collaboration that is for real, which is one of the reasons we're so passionate about a SOTU, which is one of the reasons we're throwing a SOTUCon is to, to supercharge this because this is our competitive advantage, everybody. Literally, it would make me no happier than for everyone to come to a SOTUCon and we're going to do this. Uh, we're dreaming up this dealers pitching vendors, you know, the problems that they need to solve that they don't. It would make me no happier than to watch seven different industry partners hear whatever is happening, stand up and be like, we can't do it alone. But those other six, if we all come together, we yes. can fix that. Yes. No. That, that would be the penultimate success. I'm going to predict right now that that session specifically at a SotoCon where the dealers get to pitch their problems to vendors that get to, to think through and work on solutions in real time. I'm going to predict that that is going to be a synthesis moment for something substantial in our industry. I'm just going to say it right now. And if you haven't, if you don't know about a SotoCon, September 11th through 13th, it's going to be in Philly. You can go to a SotoCon.com right now, fill out the quick form so that you'll be the first to know when we release everything. We are going to have limited seats, right? We can't have everybody, but five to 700 people are going to be there. You should be one of them. All right, moving on, transition. Transition to a transition. Um, 14 year COO of Meta, Cheryl Sandberg, formerly Facebook, is stepping down from her COO role. I saw this come, come through the line last night and I was like, we have to talk about this today. Um, you know, she started, which means she started in 2008 when Zuck was only 23 years old, right? Golly. She was like, there needs to be an adult in this room somewhere. <laughs> And she I think like, that's me. Oh, man, you guys have been doing this all wrong. You know you're supposed to make money. You know right? what business is, right? <laughs> right? But she really is credited with building out, like, the company's business platform, the ad platform, like, everything we think is normal now. That's, right. That started, you know, really in her tenure. I mean, it's, you it's think of the impact that that made, not, not just the Facebook's made on, you know, pop culture and society, but the impact it's made on the advertising world is, like, it cannot be overstated. You couldn't overstate it enough. Yeah, absolutely. I love the quote that she said too, as she's heading out. And this is probably, you know, when other business leaders are looking at her as a business leader, whether you love Facebook or not, whether you're on the platform, whether you appreciate the advertising business model, it doesn't matter. The growth that they've experienced and the ability to scale across the world is not understated. Mm. And her quote was this, I really feel like the next generation of leaders are ready. It's been a long and great partnership with Mark. I, I really believe in the company and I'm staying on the board, but it's probably time for me to have more flexibility and more ability to do more things with my time. And I want to zero in on that first piece that said, I really feel like the next generation of leaders are ready. And just having the wherewithal and the mindset to say, hey, look, 
I've taken it as far as I can. And the next generation who she, she no doubt has had a part in a major part in grooming and building and scaling are ready to take this and run it to the next level, probably into this web three, oh, you know, sure. metaverse technology. And we were talking earlier how so many of those people, you know, that the 18 to 25 year olds that are probably coming up in leadership in the company right now, literally have had a screen in their hand or at least been like in a screen culture yeah. since birth, essentially. Total, total native. And that's completely different than, than where she's at. And, you know, so you've got to have that mentor capacity, her staying on the board, great job. Uh, but you know, wow, incredible leadership in, in, in that statement alone, at least whether it is just a statement or whether it's actually practiced, um, you know, yet to, yet to be seen as far as what happens to Facebook over the next couple of years. Um, but love the perspective there for real. So, um, you know, she's leaving, she says, because um, she wants to focus some more time on her foundation, um, on women's issues. And she said, I need some time to think about what the next phase of my life looks like. And that's just not possible with the job of this scope. You think it's got to be all encompassing. She's 52 years old and um, she received 31.35.1 million in compensation in 2021. So she's got a little walking around money to, she, to, to go find herself at 52. She's going, she's going on vacation. And she's got, get this, 1.6 million Facebook shares. That's so unbelievable. Her net worth is a, a cool quarter of a billion. So uh, best of luck to her in her new endeavors and new ventures. Mark Zuckerberg says he doesn't have any plans to replace her or that role. He said no one could fill it like she did. Um, but he intends to have his product and business teams be much more integrated which makes a lot of sense, right? We're thinking about collaboration. It's almost like a partnership inside a vertical, a business. You know what I mean? Facebook is so big that even approaching this, like merging the product and business teams is much more in the spirit of partnership than it is, um, you know, a merger, right? Because yeah, gosh, have- we haven't even talked a lot about like the partnerships between inside service companies. sales parts accounting, Dude, right? Yeah, the last couple of days, that's we've been in the middle of that. Right. Yeah. When, when you're, you're working with a large organization or even a small organization, right? Think of it as thinking of it. That's a good, that's a really good insight, Kyle. Thinking of that as a partnership mentality, like how can we work together to solve the real problem? Right. Which is customer experience. Yes, oh, man. All right. Just, put a, we can go on for days. We got a show to finish. Let's put a, go. Put a pin in that. <laughs> uh, our final story today comes from our friends at True Car. Uh, their recent uh, report indicates softening demand and lower prices for used cars um, because basically they're watching, you know, price adjustments in real time, used car prices being adjusted. And, uh, basically their, uh, their lead analyst, Nick Woodard said, uh, this month they're continuing to see a struggle for supply. Um, but they're also starting to see signs of demand adjusting higher interest rates combined with higher fuel prices present a headwind to demand cooling off, which explains why the average list prices are decreasing down 1.6% in May versus April. Yeah. So the data looks like this and I'm just going to pump it out real quick and then we'll kind of talk about it. But, um, you know, sales year over year in May down 17% month over month, April to May up 10% adjusted for the same number of selling days. Average transaction price still up 14% from a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, wild cooling off, right? So it's cooling off, but not cold by just unbelievable. Right. And, um, Used vehicle sales, 3.1 million, uh, down 19% from a year ago and down 8% from April. So there's the cooling off. But the average interest rate- This is crazy. On, whew, 
is on used cars is up to eight percent. Been a Think long about, can you remember time. a time? I mean, it's been at I mean, at least since the the two thousand the two thousand since we've seen interest rates at that on pre-owned vehicles from an average perspective. Oh yeah. Um, and then the loan term going all the way up to 71 months. I can remember still being in the industry, people freaking out about it being 63 months, being like, oh my goodness, average terms are up to 63 months. We're dying as an industry, right? And if you don't, if you don't, if you're kind of like uh, new to the finance side in automotive, like the term of the loan usually gets stretched out to create an affordability, right? Because the longer right. you stretch out the loan, the cheaper the payment gets, but that doesn't put you in a better position long-term in the used car. Right. That actually means that you are going to your equity in that car is going to grow much more slowly. And at a time when used car prices are so high, chances of the value of that car dropping substantially in the next three years are very high. So it'll be it'll be something to see what happens with the overall used car situation. Are people going to be upside down in payments, et cetera, in the next three years or so? Um, You know, this is if you've been around the industry for a while, you realize like this is just like rolling like rolling waves, right? It goes up and the pendulum goes down and the pendulum goes up yep, and it goes, exactly. or the pendulum swings left and right waves go up and down, but you know, mixing metaphors, but you yeah, understand. Well, and I think, you know, the, the real attention has to be, you know, over the past nine months, it's just like, get the inventory. If you have the inventory, you yeah. sell the inventory. So there's gotta be a new attention to the right inventory, you know, buying the right, it right. The buying it right, selling it right. All of that has to, it's, it's like a reinvigorated, uh, approach to inventory management and not just inventory acquisition for the sake of acquisition. Not that that's ever gone away, but it has to be a lot more intentional now as the market starts to compress and interest rates and terms start to start to grow. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just I'll plug all things used cars. Hold on, tomorrow. then let's just do that. Well, Speaking of uh, great used car strategy, Segway time. I don't think we've ever done a segue to a plug, but go for it, Kyle. Segue to a plug is all, all things used cars on Clubhouse. And look, it's I know it might sound like a social media thing or, you know, just a, you know, another app that you've got to download. But if you only download it for the and think of it as a business strategy meeting, this oh, is not perfect. this is not social media for influencers sake or for anything like that. But you get economists and operators in the same room talking about real strategies, real takeaways, not thoughts, not imaginary in, in things. In real not, time. People, not 20, like, 30, what should we do? No. It's like, what's happening this week right now? What should we do? Practitioners. And that room tomorrow is specifically on, you know, what should we be paying for used cars? How much is too much? What should we be pricing used cars at? All of that practical, tactical things are happening tomorrow. It's 9 a.m. Eastern. Um, I would argue that if you don't have someone in your dealership, a used car manager, an operator Finance on director. that call, yeah, then you are missing a massive opportunity for understanding what's happening in the market right now and what you should be doing at your dealership, especially from a used car perspective, which is really what we can control in this current market. Without a doubt. So um, if you don't get our daily email, go to asoto.com to get it. The link to that room will be in tomorrow morning's email. But until then, lean into the transition, figure out how you can work together with one another. Because remember, as Retail Auto, it's our biggest competitive advantage. <laughs>